This is section 84 of Mark Twain speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Three Speeches New York Press Club Reception for Mark Twain November 12, 1900 Read by John Greenman And must I always begin with a regret that I have left my gun behind? I've said so many times that if a gentleman introduced me with compliments, then sat down, I'd use a gun. But as I haven't the gun, I'll just give the chairman a dose of his own medicine. It is my privilege to compliment him in return. I ask you to look at him. Gentlemen, you behold before you an old, old man. His features would deceive you. Apparently he is hardened, a person dead to all honest impulses. On these features are the marks of unimaginable crimes, and yet the features belie themselves. Instead of having led a life of crime as his face indicates he began in a sunday school and will end there he has always led an exemplary life one of those lives that make you think of all the long words in the vocabulary that suggest virtue virtue which he appears to have but has not his public history has been merely a deception, milestoned every now and then by misdemeanors. But these misdemeanors were only the effervescences of a great nature, the accidents of a great career. He really has all the virtues known, and he practices them secretly. Gentlemen, you know him too well for me to further prolong this introduction. Joseph I. C. Clark, who followed, referred to Mark Twain's map of Paris, which showed that the German army had occupied a depleted brewery. At the conclusion of Clark's talk, Mark Twain arose for his second speech. I rise this time without invitation. Uh, in order to defend myself. Colonel Brown, you need it, you need it. Yes, and there are others here older than I who need it more. What I was going to say was this. I don't mind slanders and that sort of thing. The facts are what I object to. I don't want anybody to know my true history, and I appeal to you journalists to keep it from getting abroad. When you live as long as I have, you'll find out that the world knows you much more favorably than you know yourself. I tell you, when you wake up in the morning feeling bad and thinking yourself a pretty low-down kind of a creature, it is not on account of what the world thinks or the slanders of other people but on account of some infamous deed you have committed 
and which nobody but yourself knows anything about now the things that those westerners said about me were all slanders there was no truth in them the true things that i did in that region they didn't know so they couldn't tell them if they could they would have put me in a hole i have not been an alleged humorist i have been a wise man a solomon i have kept secret the things i have done but it is no wonder that those people told slanderous tales about me i would have done the same thing for another man mr clark is right in saying that the foundation of humor is seriousness gravity contrast is what brings out humor to show you that this is true i will tell you how i came to draw that very map of paris which he spoke about it was in eighteen seventy or eighteen seventy one i think in my home was a very sick friend of ours for days and nights my wife and i sat up and worried what made the strain worse was the fact that we did not know where to locate the family of our sick friend in vain we made inquiries to discover what was their post office so that we might reach them by wire well, it was no use and the strain continued for three long weeks at the end of that time i was completely worn out exhausted miserable then came the reaction i sat down and took a big m and made that map of paris but when i went to print the map it was upside down i had forgotten that the cut of a map had to be made reversely in order to have the map look right on paper the thing that i printed didn't look any more like paris than like new york it was a sight to behold but it was published nevertheless and some people said it was very humorous under it i placed a dozen explanatory notes but they didn't explain then i attached some more notes without improving the value of the map as a map but folks said it was funny some american students in berlin took it from one beer mill to another and laughed over it then some native germans got hold of it and talked excited german about it these germans saw nothing funny in it and there was humor in that very fact now you can see how a very sad experience resulted in arousing my humor for if it hadn't been for that sick friend of ours i would never have drawn the map of paris mr hennessy who followed said that he had never read any of mark twain's books the next speaker john w keller said that he had read them all and recommended them to newspaper men as a source of inspiration whereupon mark twain made his third speech i want to say good night times have changed you know i am old i am reformed too i am just as competent to run all night as i ever was and more competent 
to discuss scotch whiskey when it is good and i see many before me who can do that but when one becomes respectable one must go home early it is to protect my reputation that i am going the last time i was with you i was like the rest of you not respectable all the slanders that were poured upon me tonight i know were pure artificialities the compliments paid me were the only things that had the imprint of truth i shall take the compliments home and forget the slanders i have one thing to say before i go of all these slanders there is only one that rankles and it is not a slander on me but on the man that said it he said he had never read my books now that hurts really i can't understand it he seemed so intelligent so intelligent but how could he be so under the circumstances if he hasn't read those books his intelligence must be artificial mr keller has read them and he simply oozes intelligence he is brimming over with it i bid you good night and thank you very much end of three speeches read by john greenman 